This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. As inflation continues to drive up the price of goods and increased gas prices strain the wallets of Americans, wages, especially in the low-wage sectors, remain appallingly low. One of the predictable outcomes of this grim scenario is increased homelessness. Yet instead of investing in affordable housing and low-cost rentals, cities are seeing a sharp rise in luxury housing and rentals. Now, the Center for Popular Democracy, along with a number of other social justice organizations, has released a new report demanding what they call social housing for all. The report outlines a vision for thriving communities, renter power, and racial justice. It comes just as Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar reintroduced her Homes for All Act. Joining me now is Katie Goldstein. She's the Director of Housing Campaigns at the Center for Popular Democracy. Welcome to the program, Katie. Thanks for having me. So first, let's talk about the problem that we're facing, obviously, with the pandemic and mass unemployment, which apparently now is uh, going back um, to, to rising employment. We saw, I imagine, pretty significant increases in homelessness. So can you give us a big picture view of, of the problem of homelessness today? Absolutely. Um, and today we have over 500,000 people that are homeless across the country. And every person who is homeless is a policy failure. And the reason that we have this crisis is because of the corporate control over our housing system. For-profit investors and for-profit landlords are at the root of our country's affordability crisis. And this is directly as a result of government policy that has led to speculative behavior skyrocketing. And part of what we are trying to change is the corporate stranglehold over all parts of our housing system. So I want to just hone in that on that just a touch. Um, how exactly has our federal government in, in, worsened this problem? One of the issues that you point out in your report I was quite surprised by was that um, the Federal Housing Authority sold um, public housing and low-cost housing to big investors who are now basically turning this into a business, rising, increasing rents at will. I was shocked to see this. Absolutely. It really is a result of directly government policy. And this is since the 1980s, government deregulation of banking and Wall Street. It unleashed predatory subprime lending, which we saw in our communities, which really drew the foreclosure, which caused the foreclosure crisis. Right. And let me actually correct myself. I said they sold public housing. I should have said foreclosed homes is what they sold. Yes. Yes. Foreclosure crisis um, that more than half black and brown wealth. And then the Federal Housing Administration sold foreclosed properties at discount prices to the largest corporate landlords instead of to the residents and nonprofit developers. And so we really see federal policy as having been the cause of real estate speculation and corporate control. And then today we're seeing ongoing um, subsidies from the government that um, essentially help housing for the wealthy, not the poorest, right? The ones who need it the most aren't getting as many subsidies. So explain that. It's, I understand it's basically through like tax breaks. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And so this is something that is absolutely created by real estate corporations and the real estate industry. Um, but what we've seen is that the people that are getting the most housing subsidies are actually wealthy homeowners and not the people that need it the most, which are low income renters that are struggling in the housing market. So we have this huge need for housing for vast numbers of Americans, um, hundreds of thousands of Americans that are homeless or probably just struggling to make rent. Uh, but we do have a public housing system in the United States. Why is that not adequate to meet the need? So, so uh, public housing um, has been underfunded for decades, um, even though it has been the primary source of housing for low-income people. And because of the disinvestment, many, much of the housing that's there um, is actually unsafe for tenants to be able to live in and is not dignified housing. So what we're calling for is a mass social housing program that will not only repair the current public housing that exists, but actually create millions of new units for people that actually need it. Let's talk about that. That's the heart of your report. This term social housing is not something that uh, we have heard very much of. What is social housing? Yes, so we define social housing as a public option for housing that is permanently affordable, protected from the private market, and publicly owned or under democratic community control. And so we define it in those particular ways because we think that what's important is for there to be an alternative to the corporate and for-profit system of housing. And what we did in this report is look at other models around the world of where social housing programs that have been sponsored both by the government and by nonprofit owners has actually led to reducing mass homelessness. And you point out that Finland is a good model. And I want to get to that um, very shortly, because, of course, a, a very important aspect of understanding how to create social policy is seeing if someone else has done it somewhere else and whether or not it's a good model. But when we think about social housing in the United States, um, do we talk, are you talking primarily about the government buying up houses and keeping rents controlled. And of course, because it's a government, there's no profit motive um, maintaining those homes, et cetera, so that they're available for people who need to, to be able to rent low cost housing. Absolutely. Um, we think it's really about actually the government making the mass investment that's necessary and really shifting the role that it currently has in our housing market, which has mostly been to enable private, for-profit, corporate developers to be able to make as much profit as possible. And what we're talking about is actually decommodifying housing. How do we make it so housing is for people and not for profit? And that means the government playing a much larger role in partnering also um, with nonprofit owners and community organizations, but really centering democratic control and permanent affordability as part of what the housing is that we need to create. So social housing can be public housing, but it can also yes, be absolutely. things. Right. So it can also be things like community land trusts, which have gotten increasingly popular in recent years. I'm wondering if you can just briefly explain the various types of social housing. It doesn't have to be owned by the government, right? It can be, as you mentioned, like a nonprofit organization um, that that relies on, say, foundational money to to own housing that can be deemed social housing. 
Absolutely. And there are many models that could exist of social housing that could fall under this definition. But what we're really saying is that for-profit developers have cannot and have not actually met the crisis at scale. So what we're talking about is there being a mass social housing program that can meet the needs of our housing crisis and create these alternative forms of ownership and also alternative forms of people having housing. And some of the things that we really call for in this report is that we really prioritize the lowest income residents and communities of color that are most at risk in the housing market and need the most quality, affordable and safe housing for them to live with dignity. What are some of the main requirements for housing to be considered social? Um, obviously, I'm, the, the most direct one which we've been discussing is that it shouldn't be owned by a for-profit corporation seeking to, to use housing as a way to make money. But other than that, you know, housing, maintaining housing is, is, is a big issue. Um, re- people who rent out housing are responsible for upkeep, accessibility, etc. So are there certain principles for social housing that should be met? Absolutely. And so one of the three core principles that we're calling for around social housing is that there's permanent affordability, it's, there's protection from the private market, and it can be publicly owned or under democratic community control. So some of the pieces around that is we want to make sure that it's permanently de- decommodified. So there's no way that it could be sold uh, to a for-profit investor. We also really believe that it needs to be socially financed, produced, and maintained, um, and financed through public funds. Often, affordable housing um, really our financing comes at the end of the process in which you're constructing and maintaining affordable housing. And we're talking about public investment the whole way through. Um, And a really critical piece around this also is under democratic community control. So making sure that tenants have a voice in the way that the housing um, is being governed. So let's talk about Finland. Um, This is a country that apparently has put forward this and and, and engaged in in a very systematic way to, to have a social housing policy. What has Finland done and how? Uh, is it a model for what the U.S. could do? Absolutely. So we were really excited to look at Finland because it's the only country in the European Union where homelessness is decreasing, which is a core principle of what we're trying to accomplish. And it's about part of the policies is that they have a housing first policy for unhoused people, which gives people an apartment and counseling as soon as they need them with no preconditions. Um, and it also has a strong social housing program that means that tenants are actually able to move in to begin with. And part of that is that most land is actually owned by the municipal government. And social housing units are about 16% of the stock in Finland. And so this is really critical to think about how costs are kept down is that the government is actually playing a significant role in the market and also making sure that housing is accessible to all that need them. They also partner when there is um, any kind of housing that's not a part of social housing, there are strong anti-eviction and rent controls, which really go hand in hand with social housing as a way of trying to end the corporate control over our housing system. 
So I understand Finland has a goal of reducing or rather completely eradicating housing by the year 2027. That's in five years. That is a an incredibly um, realistic or uh, rather an incredibly um, short timeline that, um, you know, if they want it to be realistic, I imagine they really have to apply it quite uh, in, in a very systematic way. One of the things that you mentioned that I want to hone in on and compare to the U.S. is this idea that people who are, you know, don't have homes, are homeless or unhoused, get housing without any precondition. They're basically offered housing without any hoops to jump through. And we have our a sort of welfare system in the United States that makes such demands off of people who are already struggling. Always. And it's a major barrier um, for many of our affiliates and their members across the country to be able to access the very limited affordable housing programs that exist. And part of it is, um, you know, people who are returning citizens, people who are undocumented or are part of mixed income families, and also people that are not a part of, you know, whatever kind of AMI area meeting income requirements. So it's incredibly restrictive to be able to have it. And so what we're really calling for is the transition from not um, a small amount of affordable housing available for those who can access it, but actually making the transition into thinking about housing as a human right. And what that means is that we have to make sure that there's enough housing for the people that need it and that there are no barriers from them being able to access the housing. So let's talk about what uh, Representative Ilhan Omar in her Homes for All Act is asking for. Um, she's a progressive, so I imagine that her values are relatively in line with those of social justice activists like yourself. What does her Homes for All Act include and does it have or encompass any principles from your social housing uh, vision laid out in the report? Absolutely. We're incredibly excited to have partnered with Representative Omar on reintroducing the Homes for All Act. And it does a couple of really critical things that we think put us on the path to mass social housing. So first, it repeals the Faircloth Amendment, um, which is an amendment that was put in place in the 1990s to make it so there could be no new public housing that's constructed. It can only be privately owned housing. And so we think that that's incredibly critical. And then we're looking at 800 billion over the course of the next 10 years to build 9.5 million new units of public housing and also 200 billion to help local communities with nonprofit partnership to build 2.5 million new permanently affordable socially housed units. And there's also another piece of it that is really critical is creating community anti-displacement funds that will be able to fund efforts such as eviction protections and other kind of community outreach that's incredibly important to actually make these programs a reality and make sure they're getting to the folks that need them. So if this sort of uh, act were to, or some version of it were to pass our uh, or the House and the Senate, which of course, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine given the, the, the gridlock, if you will, in Congress. But if it were to make it through, be signed into law by President Biden, would it go pretty far toward Finland's model of social housing? Um, you know, I guess presumably a lot farther than we are now. 
Absolutely. And we think that it's really critical for the federal government to be able to invest its mass resources to be able to produce social housing. So we think that that's absolutely the right role for it. There are also campaigns for social housing that exist in California and also in New York. Um, so state-based campaigns where they're calling for social housing to be passed by their state legislatures. But really, the funding needs to come from the federal government, and we need to make sure that the federal government is prioritizing this housing crisis and saying no to corporate control of housing and saying that it's time that everybody should be able to have a home that needs one. Where can people find out more about the report, you know, if they want to um, look at this idea? Because solutions aren't always, uh, you know, we, we don't see enough s- such sort of solutions, realistic and visionary solutions from social justice spaces. Um, so if people want to read the report themselves, maybe try to promote it in their local community, what can they do? Where can they find it? Um, they should absolutely look up renters-rising.org. Renters Rising is our national movement to take on corporate landlords, and we're organizing tenants across the country to actually transform the housing system and decommodify housing. You'll see the report there, but then there's ways for us to get involved with activities and be a part of this mass movement to transform the housing market. And we'll post a link to that from our website as well. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck to you. Thanks so much for having us. My guest is Katie Goldstein, Director of Housing Campaigns at the Center for Popular Democracy. And we've been talking about a new report called Social Housing for All, a vision for thriving communities, renter power, and racial justice. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Where are you with Sonali?